Kia ora Welcome along. Hi to my, to my first ever podcast, Showy Ovaries. <laughs> this is very exciting. It's Penny Ashton here, and I thought I would do a short opening monologue and poem, you lucky people, because I am very, very starved of stage time. But I need to tell you all about what Showy Ovaries, the podcast, is and what I want it to become. And I will explain its very exciting title later on as well. But first of all, who the hell am I? Well, if you don't know me, I am in New Zealand. I'm a comedian, writer, actor, poet, improviser, social commentator, celebrant, jazz hand enthusiast, and all-round show-off. Basically, I do whatever I can to scratch a living in the entertainment industry, and right now, I don't mind telling you, it's a little bit problematic. We've been really lucky in New Zealand up to this point, but Delta has changed everything. And I used to tour a lot around the world and then around New Zealand, but as of now in October 2021, I am locked down in Auckland and I don't mind telling you, it looks a little bleak right now. I'm really not sure when I'm going to get back up on the boards again, but we have to do what we have to do to try and keep as many people safe as possible. So anyway, I am a true flightless Kiwi bird. So then, as my core audience of people gathered together in one place has been cruelly denied to me, I thought I might pirouette, I prefer that to pivot, or my ballet training, into this world of podcasting and the, oh my god, enormous learning curve that followed. But it's also given me something happily uh, constructive to do with my time, apart from drowning on my couch in crumbs and empty wine bottles, which I haven't been doing every day at all. And a shout out to Jess Bryan of the That's So Chronic podcast for all of her advice. And Neil Thornton's How to Start a Podcast Zoom tutorial, Zoom, Zoom tutorial that I did way back in August, which was a kick in the ass basically to getting this done. So thank you for your timing on that one, Neil. Um, It was amazing. And Tim Batt, who is a podcast superstar, has given me some advice as well. So thanks to all of them. But now, what is showy ovaries? Well, recently I turned 40, about 92 months ago. (laughs) Okay, I'm 47, which means on average that I have about four more years until menopause strikes. The change. My ovaries are on the cusp of retirement, and I suddenly realized that I actually have no idea what that means, how it will manifest, where it will manifest, and just how much fluid is involved. Like I hadn't even heard the word perimenopause till about eight years ago when a nurse said something to me. She was like, oh, what's going on with you is probably just perimenopause, but the doctors don't like to tell you about it because they don't focus on women's health. This was a nurse in Canada, and I just went, what on earth is perimenopause? So anyway, I'm determined to find out. But so before we get to that, I can tell you a bit about my history and that I've already been through a few medical excitements. I'll give you a quick rundown. I had my first asthma attack in 1984. And then in 1990, I had my first epileptic episode in school assembly. Aren't you jealous? I still take meds for that to a day, which means that I can make the following joke. What do you call an epileptic wrapped in lettuce? A seizure salad. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I remember my first mammogram. I walked into the room. The woman took one look at my double G cups, took the little plate off the machine and then put on this massive fucking serving platter. I said, oh, is that for the bigger girls? Is it? And she said, well, there's no point in hanging off the sides. It was the mammogram equivalent of we're going to need a bigger boat. In 2013, I had my first colonoscopy. 
Now we're sharing. The doctor rang me after the CAT scan and said, now, it might be cancer, but it's probably not. Basically, Houston, we have a problem. And then I realized it was going to be less Apollo 13 and more Star Trek because she was about to boldly go where no man has gone before. Yes, I mean anal sex. But happily, I was um, mostly fine in that area. My most recent test was an electrocardiogram. So this is where they actually sandpaper your chest to make the conductivity better and attach electrodes to you. You have to take your bra off for that, obviously. And then they said to me, now please run on this treadmill. And I was like, without a bra, are you fucking crazy? Um, So what they did then, and actually they were quite surprised that somebody was feeling like that. They'd never really experienced it before, which I think a lot of people were just being a little polite because I'm not the one, the only woman in the world with massive tits. But they found me a compression bandage, which I wriggled into and wore like a boob tube. I looked like a sausage wearing a tank top made of rubber bands. That's right. Deeply, deeply attractive. So then I started running and, well, I think they recorded some seismic activity uh, in Waitakere Hospital that day. Also my heartbeat, though it didn't just go ba-boom, ba-boom. It sort of more went ba-boom, flump, ba-boom, flump, flump. And my, my breasts don't flump at the same time because one is quite a lot bigger than the other. So they have very different bounce rates. You were quite sure that you were signing up for this sort of information, were you? So as you can see, when it comes to my health, I like to be proactive. I like to get tests, find out what's wrong. And and sometimes I study too much into it, but that's why I decided to look into menopause. I feel a little bit like a horror film, you know, at the beginning of a horror film when things start to go a bit weird and the strings are starting to ratchet up and you know that something is about to happen, something's coming. It'll probably involve blood, but I just have no idea what it's going to be. And I'm jumping at every twinge thinking, oh, is this it? Is it actually hot today? Or is my uterus on fire? And then it struck me as bonkers that we had never taught about our bodies like this. Like no one really talks about this stage of life at all. We do puberty, all that sort of stuff at school, but this stuff would be really good to know. It's definitely getting better in the last couple of years. And as soon as you talk to somebody about it, they really open up about it. But it feels like there's this secret shame that it's actually 50% of the population go through, but we seem to be completely unprepared. So I have therefore decided what better way to navigate my moisture moving from inside my body to perspiring out my face than by talking to a series of wondrous women and other owners of ovaries about their own journeys. I am therefore lining up a series of frank and funny interviews so I can learn about what to expect when expecting menopause, straight from the mouths of the wise but not wizened pioneers of the change and those change adjacent. Pinky Agnew, Susie Wiles, Ellie Moore, Sonia Renee Taylor, Frankie Wood Bodley, Judith Tizard and Anjan Rahman are just some of the fabulously talented peeps who have all said yes to being probed verbally. And I cannot wait to hear the pearls and sweat drops of wisdom that these awesome women and trans men will soak me with. I've done four interviews already and I have just loved talking to women of a certain age who have so much to share and so much wisdom. It's been so interesting and inspiring. And I am on a little bit of a crusade to get everyone to stop being ashamed of their bodies and bits. One of my first questions I've asked people is, what's your relationship like with your body? And oh, geesh, it's so full on and and it's so drilled into us at such a young age, these 
expectations and then the disappointments and we carry that so deeply but the more we talk about these mounds of flesh that we dwell in every day the more we will seek help when they need a tune-up and hopefully the less shame we can all carry because fuck that shit also menopause is often associated with extreme age which is so ridiculous the average age is 51 that is not old there's this notion that as soon as a woman can't squirt out any more kids She's expendable, invisible, and her worth is tied to her fecundity. Now, I could just say fertility, which means the same thing, but I really love the word fecundity. It might be all that Jane Austen that I have read. Uh, Now, on that note, if you know me because of my theatre shows, Promise and Promiscuity with the Jane Austen, Olive Copperbottom, Charles Dickens, also Austen found, uh, brace yourself and gird your loins because I'm a little bit saltier in real life and not just because of some night sweats, but I'm quite a sweary lady, sweary lady in real life, and I feel like this is the time to do that as well. And actually, I think Jane Austen would be quite a sweary lady because she was sarcastic and funny and and just really hilarious. And I think that she would have been with the sisterhood. And when it came to body shaming, she would have also said, fuck off. Uh, And as you can tell, there will be some adult content. I'm not going to censor anyone. And I do believe that there is some rage, frustration, perspiration, degradation, and jubilation, celebration, and acceptance, and potentially a touch of masturbation involved in all of this. The conversations I have had so far have been illuminating and invigorating. As I said, I've loved talking to the women that I have so far, and I cannot wait to learn everything that I can, and also, more than that, I want you to learn all about it too. So strap in, or on, and get ready to learn along with Penny as we answer some age-old questions. Does your vagina turn into a crusket? Does your sex drive lose its horsepower? Why are you in the kitchen again? And are those your keys in the fridge? Oh, and yes, here we go. Why showy ovaries? Well, once when I was being probed from the inside, an ultrasound technician said to me, you know, you have very showy ovaries. I had no idea what that meant, but I liked it. Is it jazz hands? Fallopian fingers? No, it's showy ovaries. And finally, well, penultimately, I have started a Patreon, which is quite a departure from me. Usually I'm very good at using my current endeavors to pay for my future endeavors, but obviously I can't do anything that I would normally do now. And I have done for 20 years as a completely self-employed artist. So I decided, why not? If you've enjoyed what I've done in the past, if you like this concept, I'm also going to write some future shows during this downtime as well. Um, Then jump along to my Patreon, which is Penny Ashton on the Patreon page. I got two Patreons today, launched today, and I've got Graham Smith from the Picton Little Theatre community. He is delightful. Thank you very much. And also Ruth Van Leeuwen. I hope I've said that correctly. Thank you so much and also I was on Radio New Zealand recently getting a bit emotional about the state of the performance entertainment industry and I just got tons of lovely messages so I just want to say thank you to all of those messages and thank you to you and of your support but to conclude this mini-sode I am going to do a poem for you yay because I am a performance poet so this was last performed at WOMAD 2020 
Yes, we were all at WOMAD in March 2020 thinking to ourselves, should we be here? I'm not really sure. There seems to be a pandemic coming. But we were and thankfully everyone was okay. But I did this poem and it went down really well. Women just came up to me and started talking to me about their dry vaginas. And you know what? I'm down with that. So this poem is basically the inspiration for this whole idea. And it's about that horror movie notion. And it's called The Horror. What was that? Did you hear something? I know it's coming. I know it's out there, waiting to pounce. But I have no idea what it is. I know there will be blood. But how much blood? A river? A whimper? A tsunami? A smudge? Is it The Shining? Is it Carrie? While I suffocate on the coagulated mass of gametes of lost reproduction, making a last-ditch effort to become free estranged eggs. Knowing it's all over. Over. Get it? Over. No one seems to know anything. Well, they're certainly not talking about it. (gasps) It's imminent. I can feel it coming. Heat in a flash. That probably starts in my vagina and then radiates to my every extremity, sending me pink and dripping into my next business meeting. Sweat. The tears of withering ovaries. <laughs> Who's there? Is that you? I know it's almost time. I mean, I'm 47. I've had 402 menstrual cycles, give or take a little bit of depot provera. On average, statistically, I have four more years before it happens. But what happens? A dry vagina? Probably because it's so hot. Sleep disturbance? Because my vagina is too hot. Sexual dysfunction? Because my vagina is too hot. An addled brain? Did I mention that my vagina was hot? Ah! What the fuck will happen? Ask your mother, they say. Well, she had a hysterectomy at 40. And then 35 years of hot flashes. And they have the temerity to say that women are the weaker sex. 20% of women have no symptoms. 60% of women have mild symptoms. And then a friend of mine nearly died from lack of blood. Well, you know what? Fuck you, menopause. I'm not afraid of you. Sure, I'm not. And I'll tell you one more thing. I will not go gentle into that red hot night. And I will certainly not stay silent. And one more thing. Oh, 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 it's starting. Oh, I can feel a burning. Oh, oh, no, wait. False alarm. That's just cystitis. Yay! Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So that gives you a bit of a tone of the irreverence and all that sort of stuff around showy ovaries. But thank you very much for listening. You can head to my Facebook, which is Hot Pink Penny Ashton. Twitter is Penny Pink. My Instagram is Panache. And I will see you soon. Oh my gosh, with all these wonderful women who are so willing to share their stories with me. And I cannot wait. I'll see you on the first episode of Showy Ovaries. Ciao! Oh,